From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on February 19th, 2024. Happy President's Day and happy 500th episode, folks. I've said that intro 500 times. <laughs> and it keeps getting better every time I say it. We love you. We love you. We love you. I love me. Uh, in this episode, number 500, by the way. Wow. We're back on the campaign trail with Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley. Ah! As the sprint to election day intensifies, we have the latest details for upcoming visits of former President Donald Trump to the state and some highlights from members of our congressional delegation who appeared on the Sunday shows, as well as analysis from Winthrop University poll director Scott Huffman on his latest findings. The lead loves hearing from everyone. That's why we have a voice mailbox set up so you can tell us your thoughts, your feelings, your hot takes and questions at 803-563-7169. You can also wish us a happy 500th birthday. And if you don't want to do that, you can always leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or send us a butter dish to 1041 George Rogers Boulevard. Inside joke, it's not going to stop. Please send butter. You can also find out more about the South Carolina primary, the latest news from the trail, and more at SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org and SCETV.org slash SC2024, your home for campaign 2024 coverage. We also have a lead survey that we want you to fill out as part of our birthday present at SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org slash lead survey. The first in the South Republican presidential primary is this Saturday, February 24th, with polls open across the state from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Everything you need to know about voting that day or early voting, which runs through Thursday, is available at scvotes.gov. We will also be live on South Carolina Public Radio channels Saturday evening from 5 to 6 p.m., And then we'll have live election night coverage starting once polls close at 7 p.m. And that will run through 9 p.m. on SCETV and South Carolina Public Radio. We will be simulcast. Nice. We're going to have reporters in the field. Mayan Schechter, Alicia Eady, ever hear of them? Yes. They're going to be out and about. And I'll be anchoring from the studio with Winthrop University political science professor Scott Huffman, who we will hear from in a moment. Jeez. Nice. But let's start on the trail. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley continued her bus tour over the weekend after she returned from a quick trip to the Super Tuesday state of Texas. Tejas, the Lone Star State. Never forget the Alamo. Haley reportedly raised $1 million during her swing, which also included rallies in Dallas and San Antonio. Super Tuesday is March 5th, just 10 days after South Carolina. And a little surprise here, we will be on the Super Tuesday trail with Haley in some of those states like North Carolina and Virginia, leading up to the day where 870 delegates are on the line. Oh, yeah. That's right. We're all going to North Carolina, guys, so get ready. I don't think North Carolina knows what podcasts are. But here in South Carolina, where you do know what a podcast is, Haley kicked off things Saturday back home on Kiowa Island before some 500 folks and then scooted up Interstate 26 to Irmo for another rally with several hundred folks. Before that event, Haley held a press gaggle where she spoke of former President Donald Trump's silence on the killing of Alexei Navalny, 
Russian President Vladimir Putin's most outspoken opposition leader, who died in a Russian penal colony. I mean, I think you need to ask Trump what he thinks about what happened to Navalny. Does he think Navalny was a good guy? I'll tell you, I think Navalny was a hero. He called out Putin for the corruption, for the fact that he was stealing from the Russian people, the fact that he was basically making these elections happen the way he wanted. And he, even when he left the country, he came back to fight the good fight. And then he was arrested. And now Putin has done to him what Putin does to all of his opponents. He kills them. And Trump needs to answer to that. Does he think Putin killed him? Does he think Putin was right to kill him? And does he think Navalny was a hero? But is President Trump somehow compromised? Is that, is that, is that a concern of yours? I don't know that I'm going to say it's compromised as much as why does he always side with dictators? What is it? Why did he go and congratulate the Chinese Communist Party on the 70th anniversary? Why does he write love letters to Kim Jong-un? Why did he go and praise President Xi a dozen times after China gave the world COVID? Why do you do that? We should never praise enemies. We should always praise our friends. Instead, he hits our friends and he lifts up these dictators. And that's not safe for America. So you just heard some direct criticism there from Haley, something to contrast with what others are saying about Putin and Navalny. Haley said Trump's comments last weekend in Conway, in which he said he previously told a NATO country leader that he would encourage Russia to invade any NATO country that didn't spend 2% of its GDP on defense, only emboldened Putin. I'm worried at the fact that to go and tell a dictator that you're going to encourage him to invade our allies. Putin heard that loud and clear. There's a reason that right after that he did the deep fake and say, oh, I'm for Biden. Putin knows what he's doing. We dealt with him every day at the UN. He saw that. But let's look at this, too. Putin would love to have Trump or Biden. With Biden, he's been allowed to invade Ukraine. There's been no pushback. With Trump, he's been encouraged to invade other countries. Either way, that's dangerous for the United States. Either way, that's dangerous for our allies and it's dangerous for our military. Haley was not only critical of Trump, but also of President Joe Biden, especially in light of a new potential national security threat of Russia putting nuclear weapons in space, weapons that could knock out our civilian and military satellites. Russia, just like everyone's best friend right now. Okay, here's Haley. Well, right now, Russia doesn't fear us because they've got a president who's absent and not responding to anything. And they've got a person who's running to be president who's encouraging everything that they do. So what that means is that's dangerous for America. The fact that they're blinding satellites like that is a concern for our infrastructure. It's a concern for us to be able to see any threats that are coming into the United States. And it's the reason that Putin is getting excited and you're gonna see him get more aggressive. But we need to be very conscious about that. I know that the Biden administration came out and said, this is no threat to earth. Yes, but this is a threat to everything that we deal with on earth, from our infrastructure to communications and everything in between. It needs to be taken seriously. The way I would deal with it is Putin would know that we're onto them, and it would be the same way I dealt with all those countries at the UN. I let them know what America was for and what America was against. I didn't care if they didn't like me, but I wanted them to respect America. When we start to act like we're strong again, when we pull together with our alliances again, and when we start holding them to account, that's when you'll see them all back off. They're not fearful of Trump or Biden right now, and that's the problem. Trump will be on the state on Tuesday when he sits down for a town hall with Laura Ingram on Fox News in Spartanburg. 
will be covering the arrival of Trump Force One in between Haley events in the area on Tuesday. Trump has also announced a Friday afternoon rally in Rock Hill. So look around for those details if you're interested. Also, if you're thinking about it, you're on the fence, I would say you should go if you've never gone to a Trump rally before. This is likely your last chance here in South Carolina to ever do so. Interesting. As a result of a guilty ruling by a New York judge against Trump for inflating his net worth, Trump was ordered to pay a $355 million fine plus interest, which altogether is set to total $450 million. Trump plans to appeal that, and he also launched a new line of sneakers retailing for $399 at SneakerCon in Philadelphia over the weekend, where he was booed off stage. Didn't expect to say that in episode 500, but we will have new lead sneakers dropping soon. Check the Patreon. We don't have a Patreon, but check it out. We need sneakers. AT, you should do that for us. How do we manufacture that? No, I said just do it. I think we can get sneakers made, can't we? Fine, flip-flops. Ugh, this producer. Anyway, Trump supporter Senator Lindsey Graham was on CBS News' Face the Nation with Bob Costa, who was subbing in for Margaret Brennan, and Bob opened by asking Senator Graham if there will eventually be an aid package, even though Graham just voted against the $95 billion security package that had money for Ukraine and Israel as well as the southern border. But the Republican House isn't expected to take up that measure. Here's Graham. I feel very optimistic after having been on the phone all weekend talking with my House colleagues that there's a way forward regarding the border and Ukraine. The Problem Solvers Caucus, uh, they've got a pretty creative idea. Here's what they're saying. Let's go back to remain in Mexico as a border security policy. And that was the number one request of the Border Patrol on our visit to Texas Center Scott. Go back to remain in Mexico. You have to wait in Mexico for your asylum claim. You're not released in the United States. And secondly, uh, to reinstitute Title 42. Uh, Those two things on the border, I think, are simple, will work, and they want to slim down the aid package to $60 all lethal aid. And here's what I told them. I think that's a winning combination. I suggested making the lethal aid alone, like President Trump has suggested. The Europeans gave Ukraine $50 billion. 33 of it was a loan. So I think if you turn the uh, lethal aid into a loan, do remain in Mexico, Title 42. That combination not only gets through the House, it picks up votes in the Senate. It would be welcome relief to the Ukraine. It'd be a blow to Putin. It will also help Israel and Taiwan. Bob Costa asked Graham if he would support a slimmed-down House version of the bill, to which he agreed. And Graham goes into how the United States should designate Russia a state sponsor of terrorism following the death of opposition leader Alexei Navalny. Uh, Yes, I'm saying that the House proposal, it depends on how it's written, makes perfect sense to me. I think you'll pick up six to eight Republicans who want to help Ukraine, but believe that the bipartisan border bill was not sufficient enough. Why did I vote no? I want to help ourselves by securing our border. I want to help Ukraine, Taiwan, uh, and Israel. The border provisions were were not adequate to the task, even though there were many good things. So so remain in Mexico right. is the number one game changer. You put that in the package, you slim down the package to lethal aid, but I don't I would support humanitarian aid smaller in number if it was a loan. I think that gets you President Trump on the, the aid part, 
Let's go to Romania, Mexico. We've got a package at work. And as to, as to what happened in Russia with Navalny, uh, Navalny was one of the bravest people I've ever met. When he went back to Russia, he, he had to know he was going to be killed by Putin, and he was murdered by Putin. So what, why don't we do this? I just got off the phone with uh, two Democratic senators. Let's make Russia a state-sponsored terrorism under U.S. law. Let's make them pay a price for killing Navalny. It would allow the Navalny family to go to U.S. court and sue Putin's Russia for killing of their loved one. A state sponsor of terrorism designation is a game changer. It would allow more sanctions. It would open up the American courtroom. Do you expect legislation on that this week? Yes, absolutely. President Biden told Putin, if something happens to Bali, you're going to pay a price. President Biden, I agree with you. The price they should pay is to make Russia a state sponsor of terrorism like Iran, Cuba and North Korea. Both Graham and Scott were on the border earlier this week, with Graham opting for the southern border rather than the optics of the Munich Security Conference that he regularly attends and at which a group of visiting U.S. senators met with Ukrainian Prime Minister Vladimir Zelensky. Senator Tim Scott appeared on several Sunday shows, including CNN's State of the Union, where Jake Tapa tried to pin the potential Trump running mate down on Russia. Take a listen to this back and forth. We need strong leadership coming from America that actually pushes back against Russia and other dictators. Unfortunately, Joe Biden is not up for that uh, charge, and Donald Trump is. Well, Donald Trump hasn't said a word uh, yet about the death of Navalny or about Putin's culpability. Alexei Navalny was poisoned and sentenced to 19 years in prison while Trump was president. Um, Do you want Trump to say something, and why do you think he hasn't yet? Well, Jake, I think a better question really is, let's look at the middle. Let's look at the middle of the challenges that we face today across the globe. The middle of the challenge, uh, you see, front and center is the failure of Joe Biden. And when President Trump was our president, there was no incursion in Ukraine like there was under President Obama. When Trump left office, there was an actual all-out war in Ukraine. And so when you ask the question about keeping Putin in check, you look at the actions and the administration of Donald Trump, and you come to one clear conclusion that without question, Ukraine was safer, the world was safer, and America was certainly safer. Well, Navalny wasn't safer. He was poisoned, uh, likely by Putin or the Kremlin, while Trump was president. And Navalny's death, we should note, comes on the heels of comments Trump made last week in your home state of South Carolina. He relayed an anecdote where Trump supposedly told a NATO ally that if that country didn't pay up, if that country didn't spend more on defense, he would tell Russia to, quote, do whatever the hell they want to them. Here's what you had to say about the importance of the NATO, uh, the NATO pact just three months ago. Take a listen. This is you. Keeping our NATO partners safe from the Russian military is absolutely essential, as you understand Article 5 would require to support and to defend NATO, our troops on the ground. The fastest way for us to eliminate that possibility is for us to destroy to the extent possible, the Russian military. By doing so, we actually achieve the objective of keeping our military home. How do you square that with what Donald Trump said about NATO? I was 100% right then, too. Okay. Listen, I was 100% right then, and I'll tell you this. Without any question, from the beginning of the Ukraine war, what we've seen is actually Joe Biden dragging his feet. This is 
after we saw the botched withdrawal in Afghanistan. We've seen war in Ukraine. We have conflict in the Middle East. We have instability in the Indo-Pacific. What we need is strong American leadership. And when we have that, what ultimately happens is, in fact, world peace. So uh, a lot of words being thrown around there, but not so much clarity. Now, over on Face the Nation, Costa asked Scott about Haley's son Nalen's nickname for him, Judas. Politics makes people and their families desperate. It's unfortunate for a person with the high caliber of an individual that she has been to stoop down to having her and her family refer to me or anyone else as Judas Iscariot or any other name calling. But it's not about me, frankly. It's about the American people. So I hope that they get back to focusing on the underlying issues. But until then, speaking of that, Senator, should former President Trump myself to be forgiving in that ability in that process. And just final thing here, speaking of name calling, you say focus on the issues. Should former President Trump stop calling Ambassador Haley Birdbrain? Well, I I think her her son should stop calling me Judas Iscariot. So there's lots of things that we can talk about. But let's just keep our focus on the American people. A lot of words, a lot of words, <laughs> a lot of words, war of words. I don't have anything to say. We also saw Congressman Jim Clyburn on CBS News's Face the Nation. They should rename the show Good Morning South Carolina. I think that's a great name, Bob, but you should think about it, Bob. Quite the Sunday for South Carolina politicians. Again, you don't see folks from every state doing this that as often as our folks. I mean, when was the last time you saw someone from the entire Nebraska congressional delegation on Face the Nation? Or should I say... Good morning, South Carolina. Clyburn announced this week that he would be stepping down as assistant Democratic leader in the House, but is still running for a 16th term. Costa opened by asking Clyburn about waning enthusiasm for President Joe Biden in the face of escalating international conflicts. Well, I'm concerned uh, about the issue like everybody else is. I'm concerned about what's going on uh, in Russia. Uh, And I think that all of that is part and parcel uh, of the same thing. Uh, And, of course, uh, we are hearing from a lot of people who are concerned uh, about what is happening currently uh, with the leadership uh, in Russia, with what's going on with the Ukraine war, what's going on uh, in Israel, with the Gaza Strip. All of these are big concerns that all of us have. But when you have these concerns, you're looking for people who can lead us uh, through this stuff. And nobody is better equipped to do that than Joe Biden. He has the experience, he has the wisdom, he has the demeanor, he has the relationships, he has what it takes to get this country to where it needs to be and to maintain the relationships we need to have with our allies around the world. That you're not going to find on the other side of the aisle. Clyburn, who is 83, was also asked about his thoughts on Biden being 81 years old, his cognitive ability and what Biden needs to do to offset concerns about his age. Emphasize your experience, emphasize the wisdom, maintain your connections with folks. Uh, I'm on my way uh, to New York uh, this evening. Uh, I wish the weather were different up there, but I'm going. Uh, I'll be in Pennsylvania real soon, uh, North Carolina and Georgia, carrying the president's message of experience, of a steady hand, of maintaining our track toward a more perfect union, doing the things that are necessary to maintain our relationships around the world and move this country forward on behalf of all. I am fond of saying this is a great country in no need of being made great. 
We just got to figure out ways to make this country's greatness accessible and affordable for all of our citizens. And Joe Biden is doing that. And we have got to stay focused on that. And Winthrop University political science professor Scott Huffman has a new poll out that shows Trump up by 36 points over former Governor Nikki Haley. I spoke with Huffman on This Week in South Carolina about his findings. And yes, I am scooping myself again. So, Scott, your poll was in the field earlier this month between February 2nd and the 10th. Mm -hmm. And when looking at the horse race, former President Donald Trump has a commanding lead, 36-point lead, over former Governor Nikki Haley. Uh, What stood out to you in your poll findings? Was anything surprising to you? Well, you know, first off, this was of likely voters, not just registered voters. Um, We did not poll Democrats. So these were independents, independents who lean Republican and Republicans who were absolutely certain, were very likely to show up. Uh, It just showed how much Trump has solidified his lead in South Carolina. People wondered, is South Carolina like the rest of the country when it comes to Republicans? Has Trump taken over the party? It appears he is the dominant figure of the party. You are no longer a rhino just for embracing the wrong policies. Apparently, you're a rhino for opposing Trump these days. Or even an actual Democrat. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, exactly. uh, you know, it's fascinating to see a lot of the comparisons being thrown around out there right now in the media or on uh, advertising, too. But Haley has increased her ad buy in the state to $6 million. Uh, other polls since yours have shown her getting closer to Trump. It's still 22 points here, 30-some points mm-hmm. there. Uh, is there any way she can close that gap, in your opinion? Well, you know, there's certainly avenues to close the gap. Like our poll, for example, showed that her greatest strength was among independents. So among independents who are likely to turn out when we were in the field, she was doing stronger. So everything she can do to get those independents who are on the fence about turning out, get them to the polls, that's going to help her. And to the degree that there is crossover voting. Now, let's be real, crossover voting is much less common than partisans make it out to be in general. That said, it may happen more this election than in a typical primary. And I don't know about Nikki Haley's actual campaign and those campaign funds, but political action committees associated with Nikki Haley have been reaching out directly to Democrats and people who have voted in Democratic primaries in the past, but not this Democratic primary, which would prevent them from voting in the Republican primary. And Scott, when you look at Iowa, she lost to Trump by 32 points, New Hampshire by 11 points. If you had a crystal ball, I know you have a poll, but you know, polls are just a, a snippet in time. When you look at Saturday, when you look at what's going to look like after the polls close at 7 o'clock, what does she need to do to be considered successful here? And what's, I guess, the other alternative? Well, she certainly doesn't want to uh, have an absolutely overwhelming, massive loss. Uh, It looks like she's doing everything she can to motivate on-the-fence voters and anti-Trump voters. Uh, You know, she has motivated every pro-Nikki Haley voter there is out there, and it's still coming up a little short. So what she needs to do in these last few hours, these last few days, before the um, primary itself, is get those folks who are genuinely afraid of another Trump administration, that includes a lot of Democrats and a lot of liberals um, who didn't vote in the Democratic primary. There was a a much smaller turnout. She's got to motivate the anti-Trump vote because the pro-Nikki Haley vote has been with her the whole time. It's getting out folks who are afraid of Trump. Scott, can you talk about when we, we're talking about primary voters right now, very passionate, motivated folks. 
Can you talk about the disconnect between primaries and general election voters? Because a lot of times people keep seeing these numbers and they say, oh, you know, she's doing so well in these swing states that will be pivotal, pivotal for these guys to win if Republicans want to take back the White House. But again, it's full steam ahead for the Trump train. So what's the difference between primary voters and general election voters? Well, even when you have an open primary system like, like we have, you got to think who goes out of their way on a Saturday or, you know, to go out and vote in a campaign that is not allocating actual power to a seat. And it is the most passionate people within a party. Uh, the folks who are most engaged in that party and the folks who are most uh, uh, powerfully uh, motivated by the policies of the more extreme wings of that party. So all primaries, and certainly caucuses even more so, you're likely to get folks who are more extreme on the spectrum. In the general election, you're getting a lot of everybody. So and that includes a lot of moderates. So you have this sort of schizophrenia, uh, if you will, between the primary and the general election, where in the primary you have candidates running to the far right, running to the far left, saying, I'm the most extreme vote for me. And then in the general election, they tend to run back towards the middle and say, no, 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 I was just kidding, I'm a moderate. Um, but you know that was definitely BT uh, before Trump. Eight in the war, AT world after Trump world, we don't know what that general election is going to look like. Mm -hmm. A lot to look forward to. But speaking of the, about the future, Scott, uh, let's look beyond February 24th, the primary. And you know, I, I maintain that I think from what I've seen from Nikki Haley and what she's going to do, that she'll stick around until this delegate math doesn't add up, and that delegate math won't be adding up until March 12th or the 19th, which is when Trump would reach about 1,215 delegates, which is what you need to get the nomination. Right. But do you think that she will stick around? I mean, also, if you look later in that month of March, you're like, we're going to see his first criminal court case going to, to trial. Uh, does she stick around trolling him? I mean, she's still raising money. She still has organization. What do you see her future being at this point? Sticking in, uh, staying in to troll him after the, uh, the, the criminal cases go to trial is basically hanging a hat on the hope that somehow, if he gets convicted, uh, his own party's convention will disqualify him, which is very unlikely. Uh, now, if he gets nominated, all these things happen, he runs against Biden and loses, she will be the only 2028 candidate to be able to say, I told you so. I stood in as long as humanly possible to give us every chance to win in 2024. Now I'm your candidate in 2028. So there is a bit of motivation. I don't know how much strategy you can put behind Trump being disqualified by his own party at the convention as a result of these court cases. Yeah, I asked her about that. I told you so campaign for 2020, a primer. And she said, we're not focused on anything besides right now. So, but let's get that out there too. But Scott, speaking of the convention, do you see a contested convention? And you're saying not likely, but what's... Well, it's what, not impossible. Yeah. I mean, you know, and again, the, so much of the party has become focused around Trump that you think of who is selected from the delegation to go to the convention. And it makes it that much more unlikely. Mm -hmm. uh, it is possible for her to, to play makeup if he wins. And again, if he loses, she's in an I told you so position. But if she attempts to mount a coup at the convention and loses, then she will have been seen as going against the party 
fundamentally. Mm -hmm. Especially too, when we look at a potential contested convention, which we're saying is remote, but when you start looking about at what's going on with the Republican National Committee too, mm -hmm. with Ronald McDaniel being pushed right. out and Trump putting his people in, makes it even less likely yeah. for that to happen. Again, it, it, it appears that Trump is consolidating power. The Republican Party is slowly becoming, we are the party of Trump. And of course you do have pushbacks like Nikki Haley, but we'll see mm -hmm. again between now and Super Tuesday, how much power that subsegment of the party really has. You can always find This Week in South Carolina airing at 7.30 on SCETV channels every Friday night or 1.30 p.m. on Sundays on SCETV and always on at youtube.com slash South Carolina ETV. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We're glad you're here. This is our chance to talk. Our time down here. This is our time down here, ATC, yeah. our producer lead podcast. Thank you so much, Gavin. Yes, uh, the 500th this is my time quarter. we've done this. Yeah, the Five, 500th, 500th. Yes, and I think you uh, undersold just a little bit at the top that Lead Reverse. is going to be live on the radio. Yeah, Lead's live. Leave live. Lead, lead, lead live, live on the love. radio Saturday night, right before the primary, and, like the results yeah. are in. We will be influencing the vote in real time. Yes, <laughs> 5 p.m. South Carolina Public Radio. Any channel, statewide. Gavin and I, we will be on the radio. Me, less than him, yeah. but it will be live. It's always a little unnerving. Ra live radio is a little bit different than live TV. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Well, you can't stop talking and then start over. Like, you got, you just got to keep going. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the one trick about live anything. You just got to keep talking. In, in Well, anyway, Gavin, <laughs> anyway. Let's, get, let's get to this episode, number 500. 500. 500. Okay. We did get some calls, okay? Ah. Two of which... Are 500 centric, and then another one, just some good news for you. Oh, okay. So let's start off with a friendly voice here. Okay. Are you ready? I love yes. Okay, here we go. Oh, here we go. Not about a dish sender, but maybe potential. Hey guys, it's Roman. I wanted to say happy 500th. I think that's really really cool that you guys are continuing to do this great public service and that we've been able to see the show grow and evolve. And I am calling from my uh, flip phone. I am going back to that 90s life because I don't want to, to participate in the smartphone life anymore. I'll let you know how it goes. Um, but, you know, I know this number, 803-563-7169, kind of like I know my you know home number from fifth grade because uh, I've heard it so many times. And I guess that's kind of the point of why I'm trying to go back to that flip phone life. Um, I'm worried that I'm uh, just too dependent on all this digital stuff. And, um, you know, one of these days there's going to be a, quote, digital disaster, you know, like a widespread sustained Internet outage or whatever. I guess that's what Russia's trying to do. So it'll be really important for the storytellers, Gavin, who I'm so proud of you for all of your NPR hits lately. I keep hearing you on, like, my regular radio, not on the podcast. Uh, Mayan, too, I've caught her a couple times. Uh, morning edition, I want to say. Well, anyway, the digital disaster would be, you know, no Internet. And uh, so the storytellers like Gavin and uh, the songwriters and the, and the musicians like Papa A.T., you know, we're going to need you guys even more. Uh, without internet, like, I'm not going to be able to hear you. Um, hot take real quick. Nikki Haley, um, former governor, awesome governor, wish that she becomes president, don't think she will, is the 90s military mom that America needs, 
But I don't think the country actually is going to take it. I think it's a little bit too bitter of a pill for them to have less services and more taxes, which is what it's going to take to pay off the debt. Anyway, I'm hitting my two-minute mark, so I'm going to jump. Papa AT, one thing about um, the guitar lessons. I think that might become the perfect part-time side hustle when you're doing your, you know, two-year of paternity leave, which is what a civilized country would allow for us to do. All right, take care, guys. Be well. Happy 500. Roman, thank you for calling and for celebrating our Kinsentenary with us. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a Kinsentenary. It's Kinsentenary. That's right. And um, and that lovely lovely thought about the, the the widespread internet outage that's coming for all of us. Yeah, Google Y2K on your phone. Yeah, well, uh, don't actually don't. don't hit the internet button on your phone, or you will get charged a lot. Your parents are going to get so yeah. mad. What are, the, what are the the roaming fees like there for you, Roman? <laughs> also, I do I do like the old throwback of memorizing people's phone numbers. I know some of my uh, old best friends' numbers from grade school. I still remember from preschool some of my friends' numbers. Like talking on the phone was the coolest thing. I had the line in my in my room. Oh, you know? oh so incredible. You had everything I wanted. But I couldn't Going back use to it. everything. Oh. I couldn't use it if someone was using the internet, though. <laughs> well, at least you guys had two lines. We had one. Yeah. And that thing was always busy once the internet came on. Uh, but uh, also, Roman, it is a gr- guitar. Teaching guitar is a great side hustle. I've been doing it for years. But again, just if you're a new listener and you didn't know, I only s- accept payment in swords. Oh. So go back, <laughs> listen to old episodes, Lord huh. of the Rings, swords, any huh. swords. I will take them. That's the only payment. Well, we got to get ready for the outage. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I I do. I, I'll have a nice armory. That's what I'm, it'll be. I'm either the first one to go or the yeah. last one. Oh. There's no one. But I mean, that's that's all there is for you're me. Gonna be, you're going to be you're going to be hoarding. Hoarding yeah. uh, cheese sticks and Celsius's, Celsius, yeah. Celsius, thank you. To sustain yourself, <clears throat> and that's a little tease for a few, the next, the third call of today. So anyway, <laughs> let's get to the second call. Okay, this is five hundo centric. You mm-hmm. ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Hey, this is Ben from Greenville, and just wanted to congratulate you on five hundred episodes. Uh, however, I just can't help but be disappointed because. We still haven't heard Russ McKinney on the wind down. And until you accomplish that, you know, I don't care if it's 5,000 episodes, you still haven't accomplished anything. So uh, get to it and get him on the wind down. Uh, Once you do that, then I will truly be in awe of what you're able to accomplish. Anyway, no, in all seriousness, thank you all so much. Here's the next 500 episodes over the next five years. Looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Ben, from hashtag yeah, that green vote. We are disappointed from uh, that we don't have Russ on like we used to back in the heady early days of the lead. <laughs> uh, Russ is very busy. The Russ McKinney is very yeah, busy. He's sitting, he's sitting sometimes. 100 feet behind me probably. <laughs> uh, I, ben, I love the tough love in this yeah, call. This might be my that. favorite call you've ever had. Yeah. This is great. Thank you for calling. Uh, I feel the same way. I feel completely let down by myself mm. of what I haven't accomplished by not getting Russ on here to to talk shop with us like he does uh, at my office. I don't know, twenty five feet from here. So I don't know. He's I am a loser. Big on the he is not big on the the public facing discussions. Anyway, Gavin, I've teased it enough. Are go. you ready for this third call? It's great news for you. Great news. Here, you ready? That's great. Okay, for your health. Hey guys, this is Reed. Uh, currently out of Japan for the next couple of weeks. So I was listening to the latest episode and uh, the little piece about the Celsius and 
AT being a little concerned with Gavin's caffeine intake. This is what I got to say. I'm no doctor, but I have consumed a lot of caffeine and a lot of other questionable things in my lifetime. And with the Celsius, I think you're all right. You do you. Now, you start getting on rippets, look it up. Uh, those things are a big question. They start housing about four or five of those a day, then I will be concerned. But Celsius is a go, and uh, you guys keep doing the, the good work, and I uh, very much appreciate it. Take care. Reed, Dr. Dr. Reed. Dr. Reed. Dr. Reed. Dr. Reed. I appreciate having a medical professional <laughs> calling, especially from Japan. Arigato. Arigato, Arigato Dr. Reed. such a Reed great son. country. I love Japan. Uh, yeah, I don't know what rippets are. I don't think we're going to go there. <laughs> Whippets or rippets? Yet. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we're going to stick with the caffeine. We're going to stick with the street legal drugs <laughs> for now. Gavin's very street legal. As AT forward. can see, I have my gallon jug of water in here. That's my traveling jug. And yeah. then I have my Dunkin'. Mm. $2 medium coffee. So yes. you get an extra 100 bonus points on Mondays, too. So it's yep. just a good day to have a Dunkin'. Just, Gavin is just, he's, he, we're, we're, we're recording. In the throws. We're recording We're early. in the final throws. We're recording early today for episode 500. So he's not had as much caffeine as he normally has at record time. And so, the glasses. I have to keep my sunglasses Yeah, his on. eyes are shut. He's, <laughs> this was all memorized in a rote exercise in doing an episode. So <laughs> yeah. with that in mind, Gavin, thank you so much. Thank you. I honor you. We will I cherish you. <laughs> we will okay? continue the celebrations yes. over the next coming months. Here's to 500 You don't just more. do one and done. God, God, we got plenty more coming. Yeah. If anyone else has some 500 well wishes, please call in. Let us know what Our you bones hate, are what achy. you like. Our bones are mostly dust. <laughs> uh, these are very old boards, recording boards, and they give off a lot of radiation. <laughs> We're very, very It's sick. all tape to tape. Real to real here Real still. to real. We're not doing digital. And not we do have out. to uh, put our own marrow into them to get them to run sometimes, which is why we have bird bones made of dust. Ouch. Anyway, Gavin, say the outro. Dark. Go to Camden. Cover Thank stuff. Thank you, folks. Thank you for calling all of our great people there. We got Dr. Reed. We got Roman. We got Ben. Thank you guys for celebrating with us. And continue the celebration by leaving us a message like they did at 803-563-7169. You can also leave us a little birthday treat on Apple Podcasts by giving us a review. We love that, too. And, of course, there's always southcountpublicradio.org slash lead survey. We need to know what we should do for the next 500 episodes. You can always stay up to date with the latest news on SETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I had a stroke. <laughs> ah. Um. <laughs> That was literally like my brain knows exactly what I need to do, but I'm like I, I don't have enough time to tell you what I'm actually. That was that was shorthand. <laughs> I'm glad we recorded that <laughs> so I can bring it to my neurologist in the future. <laughs>